0: You know, one of the things we we talk about a lot is how can Bitcoin benefit the the working class? And this is kind of a quote that I've been throwing around um, is, if you're going to trade your time for money, that money better stand up over time.
1: This is the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast, a show where average Joe firefighters explore the most important monetary technology of the 21st century. We talk Bitcoin, we talk
2: finance, and we talk shit. Today, we sit down and have a discussion with Dom Bay. Dom is a fire captain at Santa Monica Fire and was formerly the union president of Local 1109. We talk shop with Dom about firefighting and our feelings. We chat about presenting Bitcoin to firefighters and blue-collar workers in general. We talk about the importance of setting people on the right financial track as early as possible in their lives and how critical that is. If you haven't figured it out yet, counterparty risk is huge. Until recently, not on anyone's radar. Well, things have changed. Remove counterparty risk by getting your Bitcoin safely stored on a cold card Mark IV. With the collapse of Celsius, BlockFi, and now three traditional banks in the last few weeks, it is more important than ever to understand that keeping your assets with another party carries huge risk. By getting your Bitcoin on a Mark IV, you have removed counterparty risk entirely. This is the way. Cold storage on a Mark IV is the safest way you can custody Bitcoin. Period. Use code BCB to get 5% off a Mark IV. Get your tickets to the Bitcoin conference in Miami. Dan and I will be there, and we hope to meet some of our listeners. Get 10% off general admission, industry day, and whale passes with code BCB23.
1: All right, we'll get so, dude. Any, I mean, we're just gonna have fun. I don't know where the fuck we're gonna end up. Is there, and feel free to intro anything you definitely want to get to. Is there anything you want us to know before we just start having a good firehouse chat
0: here? I mean, there's so much going on since we last talked. Um, Shoot, I'm about to go to El Salvador here in a couple weeks, going to Bitcoin Beach. Super excited for that. Yeah, I got my node up and running. I'm starting Heck to yeah. dip heavily into multi-sigs, the 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 crazy space that is multi-sigs, Cuddy, triple stamp, quadruple backflip. You're just like, <laughs> my buddy who's a dev, I was like, dude, he, he, how deep does it go? He's like, oh, dude, you're on the surface. I'm like, okay. So, um, you know, just trying to
1: not, not get dizzy from that. Um, you better stick the landing or there goes your net worth, dude. Be careful. Yeah, you got to be careful, man.
2: You know what the real danger of it too is that you never feel like it's complete like i'll finish one and be like yeah that's it that's it for the next 10 years and then like three months later i'm like "Ooh, i could have done that different or maybe i'll change this up and that's probably going to be my undoing because i'll end up fucking it up changing it so many times you know yeah i I
0: definitely am staying patient and you know trying not to be the kid that rips the present open and brings the bb gun outside and just starts firing (laughs) so um you know like like taking my time until I fully understand it and I'm juggling, yeah, you know, with my eyes closed, I'm not, contr- you know, I'm not, there's going to be nothing behind it. So, um, yeah, that's going on, you know, uh, started writing more. I'm off the union now. So I was the president. Got time again, union. huh? Dude, it's, it's, um, I mean, I'm sure we'll dip into this later, but the creativity, the free time, the, the, the ability to just explore things that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. It has been unbelievable um, I miss the union stuff tremendously. Uh, I don't know if you guys read the article I wrote I'm trying to orange pill unions uh, now and and really like um, work on education with the unions as far as Bitcoin but it is nice to not be you know have the burden of the whole uh, department on my shoulders it's 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 amazing
1: i hear you dude it's uh it's a labor of love that's for sure like our board, particularly our president and vice president position. I'd be interested to ask them, Josh, like how many hours a week they spend on it. There's always some new bullshit. Some guy did something stupid or admins up someone's ass or negotiations.
2: Yeah, dude. But uh, Just the negotiations I helped with in the last couple of weeks, that was a ton of time. A ton of time to show up, be there. And they play these games where we're there for 20 minutes and you had to drive an hour to get there and back. And it's just, uh, luckily we got it done and we got a good deal. But yeah, it's a pain in the dick
0: so much of negotiations is attention to detail, fine tuning, just hours. You cannot escape proof of work, man. You, you cannot escape the work and you're just, you know, uh, you, you can't let the other side outwork you and you come in unprepared. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, and, and now, you know, in 2023, the, the burden on unions, I know we're going to get into pensions later, I know we're going to get into what's happening in the financial markets, but the pressures are greater than ever. I mean, they have the future of their members in their
1: hands, and, and
0: uh, it's a lot of pressure, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. well... Uh, as Josh can articulate, the workload has diminished with
2: chat GPT. Because, I was gonna, uh, let's save that for the episode. Let's talk about it. we will just, bring I, figure it up there. We're,
1: I figure we're into it right now, dude. You know, I we might as well. Yeah, so yeah, during
2: negotiations, I had my laptop there taking notes and I was like, huh, I bet I could use chat GPT to give me a little edge here. So they would bring an argument point up and I would look up the Illinois law using it and find the, the specific point that I was looking for. And it was magnificent this thing just nailed it. And I'm sitting there looking like I have researched for like a lawyer when really all I'm doing is asking this fucking AI to tell me exact points I'm looking for. It was, it was awesome. And they were like completely caught off guard because they had no idea how the fuck I was pulling the shit out of, out of my ass. It was, it was, it was epic. A beautiful Dude, thing. That,
0: that pumps me up so much to just know that you're in negotiations using chat GPT <laughs> as, as it, as it's intended. Yeah. Like it's, You know, it's interesting, like, uh, that's come up a lot in spaces and, and of course there's the, the boogeyman thing with the, the, you know, AI is going to become Skynet and the Terminator machines are going to come get us. I get that, but it's, I mean, I've been messing around with it and, and, uh, you know, the sky's the limit really. I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing greater than what it is, but like you just said, at your fingertips is, is so cool. Uh, that's, that's it's, classic. Did they know, did they know you were using it? Did you ever tell no, them like, hey. nobody
2: knew actually, uh, the rest of the board was like, what the fuck, man? And like I, I told them afterwards, cause I was like, I can't pretend I'm a genius. Like this yeah. thing, I mean this, the leverage that you get out of that, especially now, while people are not really privy to it, especially, yes. especially older people, like you could just really run rampant around them. You could run circles around them because they just don't know what you're doing. I mean, it's a, it's a superpower right now, but I mean, it's an, it's an five or 10 years. research tool.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, you know, you know, what's also interesting with it right now is, is the barrier to you is creativity, right? Because at first you go, what's this dumb thing where I type in two words and it makes a story and you go, wait a minute, dude. Mm
2: -hmm. Like
0: you can do some, some crazy stuff and create a story of something that you'd never have the time or interest to writing. Or like you said, getting an
2: essay on something you, or just having it help you build the bare bones of something like oh, here's an idea maybe this thing can help me outline it and then you take it from there it's just a it's a leverage point you know and it's it's incredibly useful and yeah i, I don't think any of us have any idea where this is going exactly but it's scary and really cool at the same time yes and The inflationary it pressure it's going to put on the world is going to be like nothing else we've ever seen yeah or no no that.
1: By the way, if anyone listening sure. worried right now at this stage of the episode thinking like, oh my God, these guys are literally going to talk about complete random bullshit the entire hour, uh, those fears are well-founded. We are probably <laughs> going to talk about random bullshit for the entire hour because we don't have a career firefighter in here every week, Dom, and it's, gloves are completely off, folks. This is the first time Josh and I are truly and completely in our own element, <laughs> It's, it's pre lineup
0: coffee hour over here and, and no one's safe.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We had, so we had this mandatory training we had to do the other day and it was funny because it's very out of the, out of the norm where we have to sit down for four hours straight and get talked at about something. And I'm sure you guys have been through this too, but it was, uh, it's not a funny topic, but we're going to make it funny anyway. It's, it was a suicide prevention, uh, talk that we had to sit through for four hours and it was good, but it was a lot of talk about feelings. And as you know, at the firehouse, feelings are not exactly the thing that we talk... I mean, we bust people's balls, we play games, but feelings, like the real shit, like, maybe with like a couple of your good buddies, but you don't really just like leave that out uh, on the table for everybody. And it was funny because there was a guy who was clearly uncomfortable, an older gentleman, and he got... They focused on him at one point. They're like, what are you going to do if one of your guys comes to you and says he's going to kill himself? And he's like, people know not to talk to me about feelings <laughs> it just <laughs> stonewalls them completely. And they're like, Oh shit. Now we're focusing on this guy. Cause he's definitely the peg we're going to have to slam in. So they're really like trying to dig it out of him. Like, no, you gotta, you know, that's the whole point of this. Like you, we want you to talk about what's going on. He's like, no, I don't talk about this stuff. I don't engage with this stuff and people know it and ask me about the engine. I'll tell you all about the engine, but don't talk to me about my feelings. It was just, it was like Tommy Gavin from rescue me, that sensitivity training episode, where he storms out. It was just classically hilarious from the perspective I was taking. Literally manifested,
1: I was going to say manifested the entire point of the whole class, like the dysfunction of, of, uh, emotional maturity was just on display in front of everybody.
0: I'm guessing that guy is not going to get nominated to the peer support team. I'm just going out on a limb. Maybe not. Uh, Yeah. He
2: might not be the guy.
0: Yeah. You know, there's, there's people for that and, and, uh, there's folks we know that are good. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's classic.
2: You guys talk about a lot of feelings on the West coast though, right? Like you yes. guys are big on feelings.
0: Hey, we're, we're starting to become more advanced. You know, we, we have, you know, the barriers been up for a long time, but, but, uh, folks can just, you know, uh, there's a lot of support. I mean, I mean, you know, you it's, you bring up a great point because it's something that for firefighters we've always been like, hey, I'm tough, I'm strong, I, I don't like, I'm not going to have a breakdown yet. We do some crazy stuff. I yes, mean, we do. Just, yeah. Just, just the waking up, just not sleeping normally could make someone lose yep. their mind. Cooking for ten people while running calls and being made fun of because your meal sucks, um, <laughs> that can that can make you, you know, start getting messed up. Just Seeing the... the stuff we see on calls. Um, you know, like, like people getting hurt bad packaging that all up and just going like, ah, forget about it. So it's, 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 it's moving forward, but there still is, of course, you know, that instinct to be like, come on, like,
2: like yeah. And it, it manifests itself with a twisted sick sense of humor that you bring to the coffee table every morning and make fun of, I mean, people are like, Oh shit. You remember that guy that was all fucked up and it's all, I mean, no one actually thinks it's funny that somebody got fucked up. But it's the way that you you kind of engage it with levity because otherwise, what are you going to do cry about it? And that's just the way I think a lot of people are able to absorb and then get over and deal with the horrible shit that you have to see from time to time.
1: And we got to move on like the tones drop again. You get done with a cardiac arrest like the tones are probably going off in the next hour. So you have to find a way to move on. The sleep thing, though. I'm That's still, serious. I'm still, I think I'm the baby of the, the crew here. I've only been on for seven years or shy of seven years, but I think I'm starting to realize, especially raising a young family, like the sleep thing is very real. Hence the, hence the Venti Starbucks here. Um, we were up a couple times last night, actually pretty, pretty legit call at 4:30. 30, uh, compound open fracture of the ankle. Um, boys did a great job. My boy Chuck came in, sniped the IV, gave some narcotics, took care of this lady, but um, it adds up, dude. Like I was actually looking at my Garmin uh, sleep statistics and you can, I mean, it's clear as day when I'm on duty. It's like, oh my God, he got no sleep that night, caught up, caught up, no sleep. And it starts to add up, especially when you can't fully recover the next day. So if I'm limping around, gentlemen, I'm doing my best here. We got venti, venti iced, uh, light cream, couple pumps of sugar. So I think I'm good to go here. Where are you yeah. on the cadence of your shift, by the way? You guys are two on, four off, or how do you run, dumb no. Yeah, 4- 48.96. Um, I'm in
0: mid-city right now. Once I got off the Union, I got a nice gift of, of going from a slower station to the war zone. So that's like mm-hmm. a nice farewell present. Um, so yeah, you know, waking up. I mean, we had one the other night where we had uh, 7 calls after midnight and oh, it was shit. 12 1 2 3 4 5 6 and I'm like I was like dude I'm done like that's it um <laughs> Wait, I, you know how they, do you
2: guys survive 48 hours of that kind of cadence like that is that's horrendous
0: Luckily, that was a really bad night, you know, and it was, uh, we had, it was raining. So we had some automatic alarms, right. Which is an easier call. I always tell people it's not just waking up, you you know, you, you say, Dan, you went on a compound fracture, like what your mind goes through to go from sleep to packaging someone's leg that's sticking out of their skin and their bone. It's, it's not like, oh, like, I mean, we, for us it's routine, but you, your body goes through a lot to get to that level, to be proficient at doing that. So those calls are more impactful. So, you know, th- luckily six is not, you know, um, normal. We usually get a couple, two or three. Uh, so, but, you know, you got to get rest. We, we stay busy on our off days, but in reality, our off days are for recovery. That's what the job was meant for. Yeah. But we're, you know, we're ambitious, we're fun loving. So we want to go on an adventure. We want to learn about Bitcoin, do some cool stuff. But But in reality... That next day is just a sleep day. You're just trying to recover. So, you know, we
1: we um we get through it. Don't yeah. you guys feel like Josh and I talk about this a lot, uh, that your expectations based on the station you're at dictate your reaction to night calls? Like we have three stations. We're a lot smaller than you guys. So two of our stations are are pretty damn busy. Probably similar to you said, you know, you're expecting to be up two, three times, you know, one, two, three times a night, but you're rarely sleeping. But we have one of our three stations that staffed lighter that runs less than a thousand calls a year it's super quiet total feels like a completely different department but this station has a way of making you just a lazy piece of shit the moment you walk through the door like you're just expecting not to run right so like last night I was at the quiet station and the tones go off and you're like who has the fucking audacity to have a medical emergency (laughs) in the middle of my night's sleep you know what I mean it's
2: like especially
0: at the slow station
2: exactly yeah it's all a lot of expectations man all about expectations. Yeah.
0: Hey, that, that's another thing. Even if you sleep at a busy station, you're sleeping in fear. You're you're, you're like, you're like kind of sleeping there like, okay, what's, what's going on? You know, you wake up like, did I miss something? You know, the, the, And then the flip side, you're at the slow station. And like you said, you get a call and you're like, this is an outrage. This is unbelievable.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'll stay up late at the busier station just because I have this expectation. Like, why bother? I'm going to get up anyway. And then I go to bed late and actually sleep. And I'm like, fuck, I should have gone to sleep at a reasonable time. And then vice versa. You try to go to sleep early and then you just get your ass kicked in all night. Can't win, man. You cannot win. Dom, something we've never, I don't think we've engaged with you on is like, tell us your Bitcoin story, like, where did you get started with this?
0: Yeah, so I, I know I read your guys' bio, and I think I saw 2017 for me a similar time. I think it was like 2016, 2017. I actually worked this. um, um I think I joked around about it last conference, and and you know, don't kill me on this. I worked in Ethereum conference. Okay, all right, let's so end this, Josh. That's it. That's <laughs> Talk it. over. It's you. over. <laughs> Now, remember though, I was, I was, I didn't really have a good grasp on anything regarding Bitcoin. We were the same
2: dude. We were buying Ethereum back in 2017. We were buying way shittier things than Ethereum in 2017. So
0: 2016, 2017, I go to this conference and, and I'm blown away by everyone I talk to, everyone. Um, and, and at that time, there weren't a lot of altcoins there were there were a lot of um tokens but but they can they call themselves more like platforms than than tokens that were building on ethereum there was even an emergency person there that was doing some with like 911 stuff so i was talking to a bunch of people and my biggest takeaway from this was um the the people involved in this are smart and they're ex- extremely committed to what they're doing And that's, that's very powerful when you have talented people that are very committed. Started learning more, of course, found my way to Bitcoin, um, you know, really quickly realized that Bitcoin was, uh, the original was, you know, the best of the pack was, was like what we're all here for. Um, started reading more, got involved, a big aha moment for me was, was, was getting a ledger getting self-custodied and realizing like, oh my God, like I have this thing regardless of what it is or what it may be worth that is like under my control completely. No one can take it. it. It's not reliable upon the financial system. I don't need a bank. I have it there and I can use it as long as someone will take it. Um, even if they won't take it at the time, I can hold it. Um, there's other things around it. So that was like a big aha moment for me. Um, still, you know, from there, I, I fell down the rabbit hole of some alts, started learning more about tokens, got involved in other projects, web three stuff, NFTs. Um, but always, you know, always under the preface that Bitcoin is the king, right? Where th- this is all, um, fun to kind of like dip toes, but like Bitcoin's the one. And, yeah. and, and I, and I knew why it was the one. And so that was, that allowed me to venture in other areas with like a very clear sound mind.
2: Right. Um, it's important for, sorry, I just no, want to interject ahead. with a little yeah, quick yeah, story yeah. here. So we, it's important for people that enter this space, if they hear this or whatever, but the primary thing here is Bitcoin, like take the majority stake in that. If, if what, with whatever money you set aside for this, if you want to play games and all these other things, that's cool. Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe you won't, but understand that that money is very likely going to go away. We just went up to this Bitcoin meetup in Milwaukee there were probably like 50 people there. And this was one dude cornered me. Dan was talking to somebody else. I got cornered by this guy who looked, he looked like the pirate from dodgeball. The the guy with red hair, you know, the crazy pirate. He was yeah. look like totally like he, he had a problem. He was like going on about NFTs with me. And I was like, they're cool, man, but just not something I want to put my money in. And he's like, he's going like manic on me. And he's like, dude, look at this. He's like, he takes his phone out. He's showing me his phone. He's like, I've got all these NFTs and they're not worth shit. I lost all my fucking money. And I'm like, is this guy going to stab me? Like, this guy is crazy. And he's like just completely dejected. And he lost what seems like a majority of his net worth buying NFTs. So don't do anyone listening. Just, you know, keep it at arm's length. Play games if you want. But don't uh, go all in on that kind of shit.
1: Yeah, I think like one of my goals in this conversation, and we don't have to, to do it all at this second, but is to talk about. The pitfalls and concerns about average folks and finance moving forward now for the last 40 years it hasn't been good to waste your money on stupid hollow vapid projects however in today's day and age with growing inflationary concerns more instability economically I think my base case is that people are going to have even less money to waste. Like money is holistically going to be tighter for firefighters and wage earners and average folks probably for the next couple decades than it has been the last couple decades. And I think, you know, we say this all the time on the show, but I'll say it every fucking episode. That's why we care so much because there are people out there that aren't just doing this for fun with $50. They're doing it with 5 or 15 or 20 or $40,000 that they cannot afford to lose. And the time value of money could make that a really significant thing for them and their their family and their retirement and their whatever. So, I mean, it is it, there's story after story about people losing significant money, us being one of them to some extent. Like, yes, we were the same as you, Dom, where we understood Bitcoin was the main event and this stuff was kind of fringe, but I, I still had more than nothing in it. Like, I wish I hadn't gotten distracted by Vergecoin, right? And I, I hope other people can avoid that same pitfall, but- it's easier said than done. Like Payne is the great teacher. And um, whoever that guy was at that meetup, like that might've been the only thing that'll really teach him that uh, JPEGs on a blockchain maybe aren't a great idea as an investment
2: vehicle. At least not with all your yeah. money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for, for folks that are in altcoins, you know, hey, um, you have to learn and understand Bitcoin at a deep level at a minimum you just have to be because because it's one thing if if there's a token and look i do think there are different applications in the space that maybe um you know tap into community other things but it's important to know that that those things are not going to compete or any way replicate sound money financial system that is bitcoin and if you know that and there's a coin that tracks goats And they put a chip in their ear and it's connected to a token maybe that's what draws you there but you shouldn't be looking at that thinking that that's going to take over the financial system and people are going to believe in that with faith and invest in it and it's going to you know it's not bitcoin so um that that's that's real important and like you said dan you know one of the things that was so huge and this kind of ties into my bitcoin story find you know what i went through with zach and the Pacific Bitcoin Conference in twenty three. I was so blown away by that conference. Like I, I, I call it like my re orange pilling. Like like just just that extra little like yes okay this is this is like my core. This is why I'm here. Um, is Bitcoiners want to see you succeed by understanding Bitcoin and and knowing about it and finding a way to get involved versus altcoins? You know, there's always potentially ulterior motives. They want the token to succeed or for whatever reasons, whether it's, you know, you know, vested interest, et cetera. And, and I've always, you know, I've never found a Bitcoiner that doesn't want you to understand what it is. And it's just like, just buy, no Bitcoiner has ever said, just buy it. You don't need to understand it. Like maybe, maybe you get frustrated trying to explain it and go, just trust me. But that's not really the, the stance of bitcoiners they want you to understand it.
2: Yeah, that's a very important point and I think Dan and I have come to that realization which is t- 2017 I would just tell people buy some bitcoin. And it was and we found out very quickly that they would do that, but then they would very quickly, you know, either sell it at a small profit or even worse sell it when it was down and lose their money or lose some some portion of their money. The the important thing here is to make sure that people actually take ownership of it, learn about it understand why it is that you want to own some of this not just that you should own it because you're going to get rich in some you know distant future maybe like that is not the purpose of this the purpose of this is to bring sound money back to the world make the world responsible again in large in in many ways which it has not been in a long time and once you have that core understanding then holding on to an asset like this is a much is a much easier proposition and also when you don't get yourself in way over your head way too early And, you know, there's tons of other avenues to go down with that, but it's basically inherently the problem is you have to understand this thing first, then you can start dipping your toe in the water and owning it.
1: Yeah. I I liked, Dom, the nuance with which you're embracing the subject though. And I think like I am averse to sort of cultish group thinky dogmatic behavior in Bitcoin that literally labels the rest of crypto as always evil and malevolent, you know what I mean? Like, it's not necessarily that way for, I mean, there are projects that are just outright and complete scams, total snake oil. There's others that aren't. That's a giant spectrum. But at the very least, I think the way we size it up is that the rest of this crypto system is, to put it kindly, very speculative, unproven, and extremely risky. And on the other side of things, if you're new to Bitcoin, you may perceive it that same way. We've reached a point where we, we don't necessarily view it that way. We actually think that because of growing risk in today's system, escalating counterparty risk, escalating currency debasement risk and inflation risk, Bitcoin is an obvious and necessary hedge, like insurance in a way, against your portfolio. It's kind of the, it's like, it's the risk protection, right? Not the risk in and of itself. In a lot of ways, it's the exact opposite of the rest of the crypto space. But that takes a long time to unpack. Yeah. And some, some horses just don't want to be led to water. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, Which no, we, the, more, we...
0: the more you learn, the more you learn, you view Bitcoin as hysterically safe to the point where you might laugh a little bit out loud because you're like, oh my gosh. And a lot of it has to do with the self custody, not the price. The fact that I have this and it's mine, the price can go to a million in 90 days, it can go to $9 in one day. I still have all of it. Yeah. It's not that it's not an asset that someone else has where it may be worth whatever. And I have none of it really. That's what's so great about it. And you, the more you learn about it, realize that it is digital money and, and the digital monetary system of the future. You know, you, you you feel like I'm
2: safe, man. I'm just like, Oh man, I'm so relaxed. The world's learning a lesson in counterparty risk. And over the last two weeks, um, I don't think anyone in the United States has actually put any real thought into the fact that your bank is counterparty risk, even though there might be insurance there. Like this thing can potentially go sideways on you. They can get themselves over levered. They might not hedge their risks properly. And you can potentially be a depositor that is fucked in that situation, especially if you have over $250,000 there. So one of the the most important tenets of Bitcoin to understand for people is that there is absolutely no counterparty risk in this situation of owning Bitcoin in the same way, unless you're holding it with like a block fire Celsius or any custodian that obviously you, you have counterparty risk there, but assuming you're taking actual possession of your Bitcoin, you have no counterparty risk zero. And that is a realization that I think the world is starting to come to and this is, this is the only asset in the world where that is a, a, a true statement, um, unless you're custodying gold in your basement. But then you have a real risk of somebody coming and robbing you, uh, which Bitcoin disintermediates that problem as well in a lot of ways. So Bitcoin being this um, obelisk in the world of like counterparty risk is a massive, massive thing that the world is probably slowly going to realize. But I think as these as these risks kind of, these systemic risks move their way through the economy, it becomes more and more obvious that counterparty risk is a much bigger deal than we've had to really deal with in a hundred years in this country. Yeah.
0: No. And that's, 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 that's nails right there. And, um, it makes me think of, um, is, is, Joe, uh, Carlessari, is that how you pronounce his last name? He's yeah. always on spaces. Super sharp. Yes. He, he had a good, he had a good post about how, you know, Bitcoin shouldn't be called insurance. I saw um, that. And, and, and I thought it was really, you know, it's like, I thought it was great because one of the things that excites me so much about Bitcoin is that it's the future, that the community is thriving, that it's vibrant, that it's an innovation that's incredible. Um, like, you know, and, and I know you guys talked about it. Um, sometimes there can be a lot of venom towards altcoins. And I think that stems from their, You know, the ones that are scams. People like don't like to see people hurt, and it gets people angry. But a lot of the, the bad stuff that's going on in the financial markets, like, um, you know, for me right now, I'm just so excited to be learning about Bitcoin, being involved in the community, um, growing my involvement because it's the future. And that really helps, my, like me, with less anxiety about the current system. And that's coming from someone who has his pension tied up yeah. in, in a very large institution and cog of that financial machine yes. in CalPERS, the largest pension fund in the country. Um, and yet, even with what little I have, I feel comfortable. And I'm not I'm not looking at it as a hedge for that. I'm just happy to be involved in the future. That's- yeah,
1: dude, I I think that's a great segue. Like, so back to the Bitcoin is insurance thought. Uh, we were talking about this with Jan Pritzker. Like you need to an- analogize Bitcoin for specific people in specific ways. There's no perfect way to explain this thing. And you're you're often explaining anything this complex or significant metaphorically, which is true of Bitcoin too. So the insurance metaphor, we could say, I think is apt for certain people and I think it actually does work quite well for our demographic firefighters. You just hinted at this a second ago like this is a group of individuals that is deeply entrenched in the current system, okay? Like firefighters are many career firefighters are completely reliant on their pension and maybe the the only thing they have outside of that is probably an undersized allocation to like a 457 plan or whatever, yeah. whatever and the I village some, is.
0: It. I have some stats on that system for you later, if you want. Okay. To. Yeah. So
1: like, but all of that money is wrapped up heavily and deeply in the current system. And I guess if we were to get into more of the allocations in there, heavily wrapped into the bond market and fixed income, which there's a lot, we won't, you know, fear here but there's a lot of concern about the viability of the bond market and fixed income in an environment where there's enormous sovereign debt loads that have very few solutions to unwind so a way that we have approached explaining bitcoin and i'm curious if you've done the same or if you have any different tactics is to say this is a wonderful hedge position or quote unquote small piece of insurance that you can take out against your pension like and if if your pension, if the pension system and the global financial system and the bond market really meaningful impl- meaningfully implodes in a way that totally hampers what you expected you were going to get into perpetuity, this asset is in a lot of ways designed to perform in that environment. So, like describing it as a form of insurance for a firefighter could make sense to get them to start small and sort of view it that way. Have you ever done that? Do you have any thoughts on that? And then we can, I guess, more broadly open it up to like, what tactics the three of us use to try to get get through to average folks who aren't spending hours every week researching Bitcoin and economics?
0: Yeah, 100%, Dan. The the I've, I've explained it like that a lot. You know, since thinking about it more, how I'm starting to explain it more is it is an amazing innovation, uh, an amazing thing to be a part of and invest in for long term uh, because of what it is. And it has many hedge and insurance type benefits to it. It's not a vehicle or instrument of that because it does not rely on the collapse of CalPERS. It does not rely on the collapse of the dollar. It is the future of digital money as we know it, and it will move forward even if those institutions stay intact. Mm. However, if they do collapse, you can rest assured, like a giant kind of you know, chunk uh, of something moving through, it will absorb much of the fallout from that thing. You know, we're looking at it right now in some of the the, the bank issues, the retreat from the dollar. And it's funny, there's been a lot of conversation, of course, about the whole uh, $1 million Bitcoin in 90 days. And, and people kind of often talk about like, well, if so, I don't, Uh, I don't want to see everything collapse and that be so violent, but for those that understand the big picture and and how much of pie is actually out there, you know, I don't want to say it's going to get to a million and 90 because price is whatever. Look at it more as the more it absorbs into its system, price will be reflected and it's not going to, there's so many places right now that Bitcoin stands to benefit from, whether it's pensions, turbulence in banking, flight from the dollar. More, more institutions that want to have safe, reliable, strong monetary digital infrastructure. There's so many areas: the bonds, metals. That you know, you talked about the pirate. Maybe he must have been a gold guy because pirates. That's what I think of when I think of metals. No (laughs) offense to the gold bugs. I know, I know. I just don't have it, so I'm jealous. I get it, Peter Schiff, One Love. But like, um, there's so many areas that Bitcoin can absorb. Uh, buy-in from and the price is secondary. So that's that's yes. kind of, long story short, I kind of explain it to them now as it has hedge-like uh, insurance-like properties, but rest assured, you don't need that to happen. It'll be there if you need it uh, for this to, to keep moving forward.
2: Yeah. And I think, as you said, like helpers. there's, just think about the layers of counterparty risk that are there for that pension fund, for our pension fund. There's layers and layers of people that are administering, you know, each one of the individual funds, the overall fund. There's the the entire bond market. There's the you know, I'm sure they're in real estate. They're in all kinds of things, which is great for diversity. But the problem is is that the problem the problem we might actually have is a problem of trust in general. Yes. And when trust breaks down overall, all of this um snowball of trust that has to be built on top of each other breaks down. And Well, it's all, I mean, we hope, and I don't think it'll happen in in a very quick fashion. It's not going to happen in three months. Very unlikely. But over the course of 20 years, these types of things can cascade. And I think Bitcoin is sitting in a very advantageous spot to take advantage of trust breaking down, hopefully in a slow, methodical way through this whole system. Um, Keeping in mind, like the two primary risks I see for our pension funds are currency risk and counterparty risk. And both of those... There's no other investment that you are that you can meaningfully buy that can protect you from bad positions or, or just bad happenings in either one of those besides Bitcoin. And gold is... I mean, I was a gold bug for quite a long time. The problem it has, though, is it's just an ancient relic. Like, it, it doesn't take trust from another party, but it has to be centralized because you... Unless you're going to take actual custody of this shit. Nobody wants to put their life worth of gold in their basement. Like, you're no. just going to get... He, someone's going to rob your ass. Elon,
0: Elon is not going to ship a bunch of gold to Mars when he starts building cities out there. Just it's too, it's the fuel costs are too high, much easier to just bring a thumb drive and be like, Hey, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's gold. I think had a good run. I'm not saying it's always going to be there. There's a generational thing kind of going on. Yeah. But, uh, even that has aspects of manipulation and counterparty risk, like you said, yep, all because of centralization
2: um, there. Yeah. Here's here's Absolutely. some stats
0: on CalPERS for you since we're talking about pensions, and I yeah. know one of the, the pre-questions. So uh, in 2021, CalPERS was sitting at about 81% funded. And for mm-hmm. those listening that don't understand, that means that if they were called to all of their assets owed at the time, they'd be 19% short. Now, the way, as 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 you guys know, um, the way they make up for that is, is uh, cities are charged, and that's cities and taxpayers pretty much, are charged to catch up to the 100% right. funding status. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the number in 2022, I want to say, don't quote me on this, was 72%, a pretty hard drop. And that yeah. was on the tail end of one of the you know, I would say if you look at the equities market from the financial crisis to pre-COVID, one of the most dream runs you've ever seen, um, and still it's not it's not funded up to hundred percent. Right. I think equity returns are going to be tougher. Uh, Calpers recently kind of said we got to get into more VC stuff, venture capital stuff. Their first year of returns on that was like 05 percent, so nothing impressive yeah. at all. Um, it's a $500 billion fund here. Here's another stat. They did take a hit on this banking turmoil. They had, yeah, uh, they had
1: exposure, right?
0: Si- peanuts for them, 67 million in Silicon Valley and 11 million in signature bank. However, peanuts add up. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, they lost, I don't know, seventy-eight million. If I went right now and tried to convince Calpers to just buy ten million of Bitcoin, I would get laughed out of the room and probably carried out by a security guard. You know, yet (laughs) there's there's money being lost, one hundred
1: percent lost. And and I guess the, the the other thing with that too is like, yeah, you've got the Fed stepping in and backstopping a lot of this stuff and probably making a lot of these depositors whole. But that flips over to the other risk that Josh just mentioned a second ago, which on a long enough time frame when nothing's allowed to burn away, now we're into the currency risk, which is probably an even bigger pension risk. So like, as pensions get bailed out, that's a signal, like that's a flare that the ship's going down in the other direction. You know what I'm saying? It's like both are telling a different story, maybe one on a longer time frame that's more insidious and one that's more obvious, but there's, there's two... We're getting flanked from both sides here, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and they also, CalPERS, like many pensions, have huge cornerstone investments in commercial real estate, retail, office. That's another just danger zone. And and you all know because you ride a fire engine through the city and you know your city and you look around. I can tell you of my city, um, which, which was at one point the commercial real estate crown jewel, maybe of the world, Um, there's vacancies, there's vacancies everywhere. And that's, and that's a, if you're, if you're a a company, your Santa Monica office is like your showcase, like, all right, this is like, here it is. And there's a lot of vacancies and, and with the rates going up, you know, the typical refinancing using equity, that's only going to last so long. And if there's, if there's not a return, it's more trouble for the pension. So a lot of those,
2: What's going to be interesting about that um, is there's so much impairment going on because the interest rates have gone up. Those the kind of realist the loans that they get on those commercial uh, real estate loans are generally five to ten years with a balloon payment at the end. So somebody who got a loan say five years ago, it's got a balloon payment coming up say this year. They can't refi because they can't afford that property at six or seven percent. Right. They can't sell it because nobody's buying that shit. So that's going to be a really interesting thing to keep an eye on in the next couple of years. I think sooner than later based that, on some that, research I did today.
0: W- when I see the banking stuff, it it pales in comparison to to like some of the hazards I see for commercial real estate, both retail yes. which you know, Anchor blew The Gap where they're selling, you know, shirts and jeans. I don't think those places are coming back um, office, office space has another challenge. Maybe there is some return. I know a lot of companies are demanding people to come back to work, but will it ever reach the capacity where you have a thousand people, you know, uh, on each floor, just stacked doing office work. I don't know. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot of bogeys, uh, in that zone.
1: Dude, some great points, Dom. Like I'm getting what smarter, for- huh?
0: Y- y'all are like, dude. From last time we talked to you, you were you were dumb, but you're get-
1: Bitcoin makes you smarter, dude. Dude, <laughs> <have> okay, never <laughs> said that <laughs> never, Dom. You're 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 the most brilliant individual we've ever. You you shit on Lynn Alden's intelligence. It's not no, even close. <laughs> <Dude. Huh. laughs> okay, so here here's what I love that we've explored here. Like we've just named a ton of reasons, like a ton of risks and exposures. Lots of bond exposure, bank exposure, real estate exposure. I would also say demographics exposure. Like firefighters are living longer. Mm-hmm. What this what this gets down to, and this, this is such a tri- tricky subject. Pensions. Josh and I have recorded a couple episodes on pensions in specific, and we've said like before recording, like nobody's going to like this conversation because your average Bitcoiner that's listening thinks that the fact that we get a pension in the first place is a complete joke. It's highway robbery. That's one end. Mm-hmm. The other end is firefighters are like how dare you talk this way about what we're entitled to, right? Those are the two extremes. I'm going to talk to the firefighter side right now. We can maybe flip to the other side if we want. But I think one thing that I push against, I graciously push against because we're not rooting for these things to implode. We're here to defend them. And I think there is, this is another conversation, but I think there is strong rationale that if anybody's entitled to this rich of a benefit, it's probably first responders and military. Like we're asked to do something different than other careers. And I'm not wanting to put us on an overly high hero pedestal, but if your house catches on fire, you're expecting the three of us to show up and risk our lives. We have families and kids and go risk our lives to protect yours. There's, I think there is a different onus and responsibility that comes with that for us. And there's a, the, the argument can be made that there's reasons we should be protected. Having said that, The math needs to work like Josh and I will say to people, this pension is either going to perform or it's going to perish and perish could be. It doesn't necessarily mean we won't get what we're set. that that could happen. Or it could also be they tear this out and firefighters of the future don't get it. But this notion that like they say we're getting it, we're guaranteed to get it like that doesn't that doesn't hold up. Over a long period of time, depositors at
2: SVB were guaranteed to get their money out too, right?
1: Exactly. The math has to work. And if the math's not working, this is not going to hold together. Like the reason so many pensions have failed and why many more will, will fail and cease to exist is that they don't really work mathematically anymore. Like they worked during a four year bond, 40 year bond bull market that is over. It is so much harder to, to, to uphold these guarantees than used to be and we need to be cognizant of that and so we have to get we we also have to recognize that the burden falls on the taxpayer so there's this other notion that like well if if the you know the ratios deteriorate and the unfunded liabilities go up they'll just tax more it's like everyone else is pinched too tax burdens are already exorbitant and so eventually like the public will vote these out right the legislators are ultimately the ones that decide if we get these or not and if the tax burdens go astronomical, which they've done, by the way, our pension here in this state is way more expensive on the taxpayer than it was a lot, you know, 30 years ago. For all these reasons, I guess there's two things. We need to be very responsible with the money that we have in these pensions. Number one. And that might be why the three of us would advocate for a Bitcoin position at some point in the future is as hard as that's going to be and as much red tape as we're going to have to cut through. And then on the other side, just pleading with our peers to protect yourself make sure you're freeing up your cash flow buying assets yourself outside of this pension Bitcoin being one of them because there's a lot of unknowns here and the guarantees are a lot flimsier than I think a lot of firefighters believe they are
0: yeah Dan it's that's that's on on point right there you know as as we get older we learn that the worst transaction you can make is trading time for money right? And firefighters trade much more than time for money. They trade their well-being. They trade. They trade their health. And and for some, they trade their life for the job. And you know, one of the things we we talk about a lot is how can Bitcoin benefit the the working class. And this is kind mm-hmm. of a quote that I've been throwing around um, is if you're gonna trade your time for money, that money better stand up over time it, it yeah, better, it quote. better stand up over time because it's the worst transaction you can make. And we talk about if anyone deserves the pension, these firefighters, these first responders that put it all on the line and what do they get? If they're lucky, 55 and older, they can live out the rest of their life without having to work and they're taken care of. Now, you know, I, I wish that for everyone on the planet, all workers. Um, but, but you know what I mean? Like, gosh, we, we we care about this stuff because I don't want to see workers trade their time for money and their money not stand up over time and then get to the finish line and they go, hey, here's a shovel. Back to work, my friend. It didn't work out like we thought. And so, yes, we have to take personal onus to prepare, you know, make sure we're in a good spot. so We can trade less money for time. And, um, you know, obviously uh, Bitcoin is the solution to, if you're going to trade time for money and roll that into Bitcoin, Bitcoin will stand the test of time. I do believe that wholeheartedly along with, of course, many others.
2: Yeah. That's a really wise thing that you said there. The unfortunate thing for so many people is that that kind of wisdom doesn't really develop until you're maybe in your mid thirties. If you're lucky, mm-hmm. some people maybe even a little bit later. And by the time they realize it, they're like, "Oh shit." I have severely fucked up my financial future and then they try to catch up. But the problem is back to time. Like this is all about time. So if you're, if you were, geez, if you were responsible and you started saving money at say 20 years old and you invest even fairly well, you know, 5% compounding over that period of time, you're going to be okay. But if you're 45 years old and you haven't saved a dime and you're, and you don't have a pension and you have nothing to back you up, you're, you're kind of fucked. I mean, yeah. you're, even if you max out everything you can, Roth IRAs, a 401k, everything, you're still going to be your teeth if you're lucky. And a lot of people just don't have the disposable income because they, they're they massive consumers. They bought a car they can't afford. They got a house they can't afford. They've got $200 a month to save. You, there's just no way you're going to do it unless you downsize massively and really get your shit together. But yeah, it, that's why it's so imperative and so important that these new guys that we get on our department, we try to give them as much of a semblance of a financial education as we can, encourage them to put their money away. Um, I, When I was young, I had a guy, when I, was, I started working when I was like 19, and I remember a dude that I worked with who was like, you need a 401k, you need to put the money in now. And that guy really helped me out because I actually listened to him at 19 and it worked out. I mean, I could have done a lot better, but I did really well because I listened to this guy. So these these mentors that you have in your life, hopefully you get a good one. And hopefully you have the ability to be a mentor to somebody else in whatever capacity you can. But financially, if you listen to this, get these young guys to put some money away. Whether it's Bitcoin or not, anything's better than nothing.
0: Right. You, You know, it's interesting. Someone asked me the other day, hey, when Bitcoin hit a high of 60K and then it dropped how did you fare in the in the um in the fire department for people you talk to there's there's that running joke like me at christmas dinner bringing up you know like where where the family's pissed that you got them in but something interesting happened this last run up and for those that have been a part of many many cycles you know we get smarter each cycle every every firefighter every worker i talk to have the same message for for bitcoin i say hey buy and as you educate yourself at the same time and, and avoid that excitement feeling that we've all had to go he- heavy in where you're getting a little bit over your skis. Um, you're using money that you may need in the future. And I mentioned this on your guys' last episode. Just Just get enough that you don't really care about it, but you have a stake to learn more about it. You have a vested interest. And surprisingly, what happened after this last drop I got a lot of people that were like, "Dude, I'm not worried." Uh, like yeah. you said, I I just put a little bit in. I haven't lost anything significant that I'm all flipped out about, but I have learned more about this, and I and and I am actually getting more. Uh, I'm going more in, not just financially, but like my you know being a part of the the network and the community, and that's great. I love that because you know as we know, one of the biggest counters for a lot of the people we talk to in the union world is hey they always point to this it was at 60 it dropped to 15 it's a it's it's a risk why would i do that and you're like hey my friend you're looking at this little box if you go out here you'll see the up down up down up down but a steady arrow up you're you're you would never you know, I would never point to the housing crisis and say real estate is trash because in 2006, um, you know, it was worth this much. And in in 2010, it was worth this much. Let me zoom out from, you know, 1900 to 2023. And you see, you know, valuable things that are worth, uh, their weight and have importance in the world. They're going to trend up. And like you guys said, we're not here to get rich. We're here to build wealth. We want to get stuff for the time. So so right. when I get that kind of response from them, oh man, it makes me so happy. And it's great not to have people come and being like, I had to move my my mother-in-law out of the house and I put 35K in because I was supposed to get 70. You know, I tell yeah. people, people have even come up sometimes and been like, dude, why are you telling me not to go in on this so heavy when it's so clear that it's a winner? And I go, just... just you can do that on your own. If you get there, you're not there. Explain to me what hash rate is. Explain to me, you know, what self custody is. Multi-sig. Explain to me like the, the real core functions of Bitcoin. Then, then you're ready, my friend. Until then, like you're gambling still.
1: Yeah. That's why when we were at this, so we went up and talked at this meetup in Milwaukee. And like one of the, <clears throat> one of the points we made was we've pretty much stopped telling new people, to buy bitcoin we've said learn about bitcoin because you can't you can't fully do bitcoin for anyone like you can you can get them a lot of the way there but bitcoin demands something from every participant in some way shape or form understanding and act some degree of base technical aptitude to be able to custody it but that's where people have staying power is even when they have a basic degree of understanding they don't need to understand all the ins and outs but Josh, if we zoom out on the on all the guys that haven't flinched through this cycle that we're friends with, they all understand Bitcoin. Like with a, the guys that flinched don't understand Bitcoin. The guys that didn't flinch understand Bitcoin. And yep. I think that's pretty accurate down the line. So with understanding comes patience, comes discipline, comes freeing up cash flow and being motivated to accumulate more of this, which I think by the way is another key point here. Like financial literacy is, In the firehouse is pretty damn low, and can and and I guess this is tied into that, but consumption's extremely high. Like I bet I I I could be off here, but I think uh, debt as a percentage of net worth is is probably pretty pretty high in the fire service. And you couple that with with just I mean that's part of poor saving habits, but that's where you kind of have to zoom out on people and say like. Hey, there's more to get in order here than just you learning about Bitcoin and buying some Bitcoin. Like you need to to develop the discipline to free up your cash flow and have that vision for your life. Because we are suggesting, even beyond Bitcoin, that we're in and, and increasingly stepping into an unpredictable, volatile, dangerous financial environment. And so in environments like that, we would say this, like as firefighters, if we're going on a really you know, fucked up call on the roadway or a structure fire. Like, we need to prioritize safety. The financial environment's dangerous. Firefighters need to prioritize financial safety. There's nothing more safe you can do financially than freeing up your freaking cash flow, spending less than you make. And that mm-hmm. habit is significantly lacking. And it has been for me in the past, too. That's a learning journey for me. But that does require for some people some radical life change. Maybe you need to move somewhere else. Maybe you need to switch careers and increase your earning capacity. Maybe your wife does need to go back to work. Whatever it is, in this environment, the best way you can protect yourself is spend less than you make and make sure you've got money to buy assets with, Bitcoin included.
2: Yeah. And on that huh? note, I think, I mean, like you said, Dan, there's there's basically two avenues you can choose, and it's frugality, which nobody likes. Nobody wants to buy a shittier car. Nobody wants to sell their boat. Nobody wants to buy a smaller house or there's increasing your income. So my advice on that avenue would be take small, take, take chances, but take, take chances that have very little downside. Um, start a business that doesn't require you to take out a huge loan to start. Do something like, and not landscaping. That's a terrible one because there's a ton of landscapers and it takes a ton of money to start that business, but start something that is um, very low uh, bar to entry, very high or infinite amount of potential return. So, asymmetric return is what you're looking for, just like in any investing. Uh,
0: additionally, you know, with Bitcoin, find, find your, your niche in, in a very vibrant and very wide open community. There's applications and use that, that we have not seen yet. And a good friend of mine told me hey, anytime you can invest in just learning and doing things in the community, Is is a win, like like you know. I love to see people get involved, and you know, I love what you guys are doing, and like finding where your spot is, and education, and bringing this to light. And um, you know, it's that's one of the reasons I want to connect unions to Bitcoin so much. Is I look at the values of both of these things. I, I look at the missions. And yes, unions have come a long way and gotten a bigger seat at the table and they're more part of the the main kind of infrastructure, but they came from the same place. I mean, the president of the SEIU tweeted the other day, the financial system is rigged against workers. Really? Where's the pension at then? <laughs> you know, it's down the block, it's down the street from where the, the, uh, you know, uh, hearings going and you're like, okay. And so, yeah, I mean, I mean, getting folks I think there's, there's, there's places in Bitcoin for firefighters that they can kind of get excited about, learn about, but like you guys said, you know, spend less, save more, invest in yourself more, and eventually get away from trading time for money, which is, that's the worst business
1: transaction. And, you know, something else that's worth hitting on that I know the three of us agree with, like Bitcoin can be an insanely simple savings technology like in a lot of ways it's built for a firefighter a a financially disciplined firefighter to just sock money away preserve value over time doesn't need to understand all the ins and outs of it he can just have a basic understanding that it's got the architecture to preserve buying power and he's gonna allocate what pick a percentage 515 whatever percent of his net worth or income to and he can focus you know, he or she can focus on what they're passionate about elsewhere, which isn't macroeconomics, finance, and Bitcoin. You know, I think that, that this technology can
2: do that. Yeah. Keeping yeah. things simple is, is is a very important thing for most people because as you said, Dan, most people don't have the time to go read, you know, the tome that Lynn Alden puts out every quarter, which is amazing. But a lot of people aren't going to read that or read a variety of Bitcoin books, like send them in the right direction, get them some basic understanding uh, have them listen to some really good podcasts and let them let them come at their own pace. You know, you can't force this stuff down anyone's throat. Um, if they don't want it, they're not going to get it. And you just hope that you can give them some carrots that will lead them to, you know, the horse to water so it can drink for itself because you certainly aren't going to make it. Yeah, the I'll
0: tell you this. The things that I called for in the article I wrote, Proof for Workforce, were very easy asks of unions. You know what they were? There were only three things. Number one, connect your members with high quality education that's reliable and trustworthy. And that doesn't have to be the union doing the education. It could be connecting their members with you all. It can be connecting their members with folks at Swan, like trusted, like name brand folks who are committed to the mission. That's number one. Number two, just learn about Bitcoin to the point where explore what it would look like to have a very small amount on your balance sheet. Small. Stuff that you're not going to get beat up by the members and go, hey, we had a million dollars in reserves and we put 500,000 into Bitcoin because we know some people can't handle Bitcoin. They can't take it because right. they're, they're they're gambling. But for the long term, if you said, okay, if you have a million, put 10,000 in. If it evaporated, would it really hurt? You know, Look, Look, Calpers lost a hundred million on the two bank collapses. Money gets lost. You can you can tell members, hey, but we're doing this to get a foot in and become better, better involved and educated on something that is the future. It is. So that's number two. Number three is explore infrastructure in ways that your union can get involved. Whether that's your union running a node, which is very simple, whether it's your union union running. Um, some you know, connecting people with wallet services or even mining, right? You think of like having a union hall in, in the Midwest and you want to Now we're find, talking, dude. Yeah, dude. You wanna you wanna have a union hall, throw a couple of rigs down there, not because you're gonna get rich as a union, but because you're a part of something that's trending towards the future, that's gathering support every day, that's thriving, not not dying. And those are the three asks. That's it. And the biggest number one is easy that's that's posting on your union website if you want to learn more about bitcoin go here number two you know that may for it may work for some people putting it on the balance sheet it may not but it's not it's not necessary just just explore why you would or why you wouldn't and number three running a node is is cheap costs nothing and is is like something where god forbid your members were in a pinch and said, hey, do we have a terminus where we can engage in Bitcoin transactions? Yep. Union has a node at the computer right here. We got you. Come through. We'll help you guys send stuff to each other um, in case things did get to that point where they they needed it. Three simple asks that if they understand, it's not asking them much. So, Yeah.
1: And I mean, we are like pack animals and there's a lot there for, for the right people. It depends. You can get laughed out of rooms but there is also a lot of like trust that's built up like i'm guessing at your department especially with the roles you've played like there's a there's a lot of people that love and trust and respect you and it, and so when you come with something that's not that big of an ask there's a lot of people that are like here here second that let's get that done you know and even if you start small like even with the like the the node and the mining ideas especially for for a bigger union those are small things that more than anything would be educational you just have a bunch of boomers or, or clueless people sitting around going what the fuck is that thing and why is it significant it's a you space know? heater it's what it yeah. is exactly
2: cloak around it
0: yeah no it's 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 you know getting i want folks to get in on this you know i wrote down one of the things you guys emailed this is um why the working class can benefit from bitcoin and, and i had on there one of them we already covered was the time for money quote um self-sovereign finance of course. Uh, negotiating Josh you mentioned negotiating there's a negotiation I think coming years in the future for a lot of working groups and that involves AI and machinery and there's going to come a time where negotiation looks like this hey Josh you you drive for the uh, the the you know truckers Union mm-hmm. oh we got these AI Volvos man we don't need you now getting workers in early to own a piece of the infrastructure that I believe will form a foundation of Mm. machines and AI. I believe Bitcoin will because it's the most reliable. It is the future of money. So surely those systems will rely on sound, reliable, trustworthy money to work. You know, sitting at that table as a contributor, as a part of that community, as an owner, you're negotiating much different than being like, Hey, we have nothing here. Our pensions jacked up. Sure. We, we just need your goodwill. So, so that was one of the things, you know, being in a good position of negotiating by doing some simple stuff early rather than waiting until it's so obvious that, you know, it's just like, Hey, um, it's great. That's, that's a good time to get in too, even if in 10 years it becomes so obvious and they go, fine, we'll get in now. But, but if we know it, why not get in earlier?
2: Yeah, yeah. You just brought up AI. And one thing I want to, before we cut, before we leave here, this bro, one, one hour, thing I that I'm doing three hours today, three hours, minimum, uh, <laughs> minimum. One thing that I think I've realized more, this is more real for me than it ever was reading Jeff Booth's book about, you know, deflation and how that's going to affect uh, the future. I really didn't, I don't think I truly understood that until I started realizing how Quickly, this was happening with like AI systems. When you really mess around with them, you, you start to see how this thesis makes sense. This technology improving more efficiently, cost of production decreasing and lowering prices across the board. And then when you understand that, and then you understand how Bitcoin can dovetail into that scenario is just as you outlined, Dom, like if these people have a portion of this uh, scarce quantity of, of units that will be the only ones that ever exist in perpetuity and the world becomes deflationary. Bitcoin can protect you from that, like yes. no other asset can in the world. And um, if if you need any help understanding Jeff Booth's thesis, you need to go play with Chat GPT for a little bit. Start asking a question. Start seeing how quickly it can enable you to work better, faster, cheaper. And man, is uh, I think Booth was dead on. And uh, yeah. People need to start understanding this, this stuff. It's not going to become nice to know. It's going to become a necessity very soon. The other thing that's worth saying, to piggyback on both of your comments, is that
1: Bitcoin is so freaking unique for average folks because you have access to it. When you understand how the current financial system works, you realize that the first fruits of the best trades and the best investments generally fall to those that are deeply entrenched in the the financial system and close to the money spigot, okay? Hedge funds, banks, massive brokerages, these institutions and these large-scale investors generally get access to things that the three of us would never have access to, and they bear a lot more fruit than what we can access in a typical Fidelity account, right? That's what makes Bitcoin really unique, is that I our obviously working our working thesis is that this thing is a marvelous asymmetric trade maybe the most marvelous of anything that exists in the world and ev- because of its nature because it's open source and decentralized everybody has access to it and that in and of itself is insanely unique that a firefighter or a venezuelan farmer or a ukrainian whoever has access to pristine a- to a pristine asset is mind blowing and extremely exciting and empowering and inclusive. Yeah. the <clears throat> One of the things
0: I think about a lot with firefighters, bringing us back to the firefighters, is um, the samurai. A lot of similarities mm. between firefighters and the samurai. I'll tell you, they held, the samurai-like firefighters held a very exclusive spot in the highest level of the working class. Was very revered. They had armor, right? We have gear. They trained hard. They had a code of ethics. They had a value system. When the industrial revolution hit Japan, which was isolationist for a large amount of time, the Japanese got smoked fast because they were, they were still fighting horseback swords. And then there was a Gatling gun where you just, D-d-d-d-d-d-d. you know, you guys saw the movie with, with, uh, Cruz, bam, you know, we're, there's a lot of parallels there. We're sitting on another industrial revolution with Bitcoin, um, with AI coming and here, you know, I think firefighters have a long time of value. I don't see us getting replaced by machines, but like you said, Dan, and like you're saying, Josh, it's there. It's powerful. It's coming. Let's get on board. So God forbid if and let's God forbid in 2050 there's no fires anymore because there's all the buildings are sprinklered and there's, there is no fires that we're in a position of strength for our members and our members don't have to kind of be you know, stuck with, with, you know, no part of ownership in the future.
2: Well said. Dom, can you uh, give us a handoff for yourself um, or anything you want to, you want to talk about before you go? And tell us which Speedo you're going to be wearing in uh, (laughs) El
1: Salvador when you go.
2: Oh man. Or can you put Um, it on for
1: us? (laughs) Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm going to be writing a lot about um, El Salvador. My, my goal is I'm only bringing Bitcoin. So if I can't do a transaction, then I'll be hunting and fishing somewhere on the land and finding <laughs> some, but I'm just uh,
1: begging at the local firehouse, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm only there for like five days so I can go without like food. I just need water for five days. I can make it. Um, so I'm going to be writing about that though, getting some content, things like that. I'm still working. Um, are you guys going to Pacific in 23?
2: We're planning to, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, cool. I'm working on a panel and it's going to be that kind of proof of workforce. So I think we have to get you guys on there for sure. Um, that's, you know, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm talking to Corey. Um, I have some people on the union side that are solid. So that'd be a great panel cool. just to talk, just to, to keep it very non-committal, like talk about issues and things like that. Great. We're all about non-committal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like turning down that alley on that structure fire where the address is wrong. You're like, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. All right, send it, Oh, dead end. We're done, dude, we're out. Um, Yeah, other than that, you know, um, always great coming on here, talking with y'all. Looking forward to just diving in more and more into the Bitcoin community every day. That is the part that excites me the most, more than whatever price Bitcoin is at. I love the community, I love the innovation and uh just a great time to be alive right now
1: yeah hell yeah we we appreciate you brother thanks for dude. uh
0: dedicating an hour i keep try i try to get sharper every time i come on you know the verse last time i was just a space cadet dude just in there like yeah you know throw a couple things but like dude i'm telling you bitcoin makes folks smarter or to the wise out there even if you don't
1: invest so Hey, we are a couple clowns just like you, dude, and th- we agree this protocol stretches the mind. It's amazing how many yeah. places this places this thing takes you. It's yeah. it's wonderful.
0: I still I still know when we get up on spaces and stuff, and we're talking finance, like the Joes, the Lens of the world are like, who let these clowns up talking <laughs> finance? Like, dude, you don't even know what you're talking about. I
2: feel exceedingly dumb around either one of those people. Honestly. Oh yeah,
0: like it's me too. But it's good to know there's. Hey, they say be the dumbest person in the room, right? And you're in the right room. So exactly.
2: amen, amen to that. Yeah, none uh, of us that, have to worry that about being smart right? Yeah. Dom, yeah. thanks, man. Appreciate dude, you, dude. Pleasure. Talk to
1: y'all soon. Thanks so much for listening to the episode, folks. If you're appreciating our content and smelling what we're stepping in here at BCB Pod. Here's a couple notes to pay attention to as we close out. First, you can genuinely help us extend our reach by leaving us a review on Apple or your podcast app of choice, as well as subscribing to our Blue Collar Bitcoin YouTube channel, where we post videos of these discussions as well as other shorts. Second, we are live on Podcast 2.0 apps. Our go-to app for listening to pods is Fountain app. Literally get paid sats for just listening to podcasts. There is no catch. You can also stream sats to content creators on the Lightning Network on Fountain, as well as create and share clips with the fountain community go find us on the fountain app link down in the show notes third we are active on social media most predominantly twitter at blue underscore collar btc we're also on Noster, instagram and tiktok all of these links are on our website bluecollarbitcoin.io if you want to get in touch with us our email is bluecollarbitcoinpodcast at gmail.com Until next time, continue a relentless and open-minded pursuit of knowledge. Take care.